delivering all the news, the informed views, and just telling great motorsport stories since 2003. Powered by the Racetalk.com. This is On the Grid. Good day, everyone, and welcome to On the Grid here on mypodcasthouse.com or on the Radio Show Limited's RS1. Thank you so much for joining us. Another big show coming your way. We're talking Speedway today, and the owner of Hodges Motorsports Speedway Car, Tim Hodges, to join us to talk about his first season as an owner in Speedway and what it was like and uh, all the pluses and maybe even a couple of the negatives as well. We'll catch up with Hodgie and find out more about that shortly. We're also going to get Mark Walker and Richard Crowell to wrap up what has been an interesting summer of Speedway. We'll get their thoughts on that. We're also going to have a look at a lot of the liveries and a lot of the testing that's been happening in supercars. And Mark Walker will give us his preview of the big one in NASCAR, the Daytona 500, on this weekend. All that to come right here on The Grid. You're listening to the latest from around the motorsport world. On The Grid. All right, joining me as he always does off the top of the program, Richard Crowell. Hello, Crosby. Hello, Tony Shebecki. How are you? Mate, I'm fantastic. Thank you. How's your week been? Yeah, good. Exciting times, isn't it? Watching this Gen 3 roll out. We get a a new livery every three minutes, which is exciting. Uh, Always like to see what the race teams are coming up with and uh, all building up towards next week's big all-in test day, which will be the first real time we get to see all these cars rolling out. But it's been an interesting process, last minute, certainly. But everyone, these professional race teams that we're so fortunate to have in this country doing a really good job. So... Yeah, looking forward to that. And uh, the countdown to Race Tasmania on as well, uh, which is cool with all the Speed Series categories heading down to Simmons Plains Raceway. So plenty going on, but we're still uh, getting over what was a, an epic summer mm. of Speedway, aren't we? Yeah, we certainly are. And uh, a man that we have wanted to speak to for a little while because he started his own team this year and uh, it was fantastic to see all that go with, I suppose, the one dream, and that was of winning the classic at Warnable didn't come to fruition, but will they have another crack? I don't know. We'll find out as we speak to the owner of Hodges Motorsport, or one of the owners anyway. Tim Hodges joins us. Hello, Tim. Uh, g'day, Tone. G'day, Richard. Nice to be with you both. And um, yeah, normally about five minutes in, we're due for another livery or some sort of breaking <laughs> exclusive news. So uh, feel free to bump me any stage you need to. No, no we'll right. we'll miss it, mate. That's our thing on this show that, that we go to air and all of the news breaks the moment the we after. push go live. Yeah, yeah correct. correct. Richard, Richard, I'm a longtime fan of the show. I'm formerly a producer of the show, correct? But um, mm. it is uh, I, I do listen in every week, and uh, then I sort of face palm emoji the next moment <laughs> when uh, something something enormous breaks, which must drive you guys uh, uh, insane. But um, no, lovely to be with you. Uh, lovely to have you on board too, mate. Uh, dreams do come true, eh? Oh, we had a crack. Um, so that was probably the silliest thing I've ever tried. We've ever we've ever tried to do, Tone. Um, you know my passion for motorsport mm. and um, my passion for speedway and sprint car racing and Premier Speedway and the Grand Annual Sprint Car Classic and um, yeah, myself and a couple of mates from home, Ryan O'Keefe and Dylan Wilshire, who we normally sit on the hill and have a few beers and watch the classic and talk big tales of launching our own race team. And finally we had a crack at doing it. And um, yeah, we had some great success. Um, Nine starts, three wins, six podiums. And uh, unfortunately our worst finishing position was the Grand Annual Spring Car Classic, the thing we wanted most. Uh, It was fifth, um, but we had a serious crack and um, we were leading it for a bunch of laps and looking. There was a moment where I thought, God, imagine if this all falls into place and we do win Mm -hmm. it. Um, but from that moment on, I think that's when it, James McFadden, our, our, cha- our superstar driver, slapped the wall trying to uh, pass a lapped car. And, um, yeah, the dream faded pretty quick from then on. Hodgie, just talk us through what it was like being there. Massive crowd. It was sold out across the weekend. One of the biggest classics there's been. But but just from a personal point of view, what was the feeling? What was the, the emotion like for you actually being part of one of the great motorsport events in this country yeah well i mean i grew up loving it and it's like james our driver who grew up sitting on the hill i mean i grew up loving motorsport and loving sprint car racing and he grew up thinking i want all i want to do is race these cars and try and win the classic and he did that a couple of times and uh, we went bloody close to winning it for him for a third time and it would have been the biggest one of all the 50th 
classic. But yeah, it was um, it, it was uh, it was. I'm not an emotional person, Rich, but it was uh, it was pretty emotional. Like to even to be out there and to have a bunch of mates who made the effort to get there, which was really cool. And then to win the our first heat race, which was um, uh, you know, which was a bucket list sort of thing to do. God, this is sort of great. And then to win the the Saturday night feature, and unfortunately the the weather in Warrnambool is always an issue, but it was an issue on the Saturday night, which was washed out. So we had to go back early on Sunday afternoon, and um, that's when we won our heat race. And then uh, we won the Saturday night feature, which was about six o'clock Sunday evening. And um, yeah, I had to go and stand behind the tractor shed for a while and just compose myself. It was um, uh, it was a cool moment, yeah, you know my sporting career tone you know me well enough that my sporting career was rubbish that's why i got into sports media um <laughs> to write about it and talk about it and uh then to actually be a part of it like that was um and to do well and uh you know it was bloody thrilling guys and um yeah it's an addictive thing motorsport you know like we've all been in it and we love it but to actually have a team you know have a have a dog in the fight was was um it was awesome so yeah and then uh, it all came down to the classic final and we started on the second row of the grid and you know James is such a wheel man and he was leading within two laps and he was setting the the tone and the pace for the race and uh, it was all looking so promising but um, with that many cars on such a short track lap traffic was always going to be a serious issue and unfortunately that was our our undoing so um, yeah once he once he slapped the wall knocked the ladder out of the rear suspension I mean any other driver probably would have just pulled in um, but he was ragging the thing, trying to get us a result, knowing how much it meant to us. So yeah, to, to still finish fifth was, um, you know, great in a in a field of 120 cars and um, still decent, still bloody decent. So yeah, I know a lot of people were bummed for us, but um, yeah, we, we still lived the dream for for the weekend, that's for sure. Hodge, we uh, the three of us were involved with our good mate Crusher's entry into IndyCar a few years ago, and uh, we saw his dream come true over there and having an Indy car team and getting a car to start the Indy 500, the 100th running of the Indy 500 nonetheless. Was the idea of you owning a sprint car team something that started to really mull in your head from that point on, seeing how he did what he did and where they got to? Was that something you thought, geez, I wouldn't mind really getting into this? Was it that far back or was it something that was just really happened in the last 12 months? Uh, no, I won't. I won't lie, um, Tone, it was definitely stolen from Crusher, um, but it's something that we've been talking about since probably then. Yeah. That, um, and certainly Speedway and sprint car racing is much more attainable financially than uh, an Indianapolis 500 entry. But, yeah, there's so much of it that what we all saw together at Indy back in 2016, um, I used a lot of that in, in this venture. So, um, yeah, we... Uh, and it, again, it was something that it's been sort of 13 months in the making and so many times it almost fell over and, um, it, it, you know, but the, there were enough bits that fell into place that like Napa Auto Parts sort of liked what we were doing and came on board and, um, you know, like you guys, it's it's hard with the money we make in the media to, to justify spending this much money on motorsport. But yeah. I was able to get a couple of close allies in in Jared Waitley and um, Scott McLaughlin and Jack Rewalt. How's that for a couple of name drops for you? But uh. once they believed in it, you know, they committed a bit of cash. And then all of a sudden it was like, well, hell, this can happen to the point where you go and pitch to, to James McFadden, who is, um, you know, we've been... Um, friends for a while and uh, it was back at the Indy 500 last year where we went over to watch Scott and I took Ryan and Dylan a couple of the guys who were involved in the car and and we bummed around with James and his wife Zoe and and their young fella Mav for a, a couple of days and we sort of hung out enough that um, I don't know we got a bit of courage to ask him whether he'd be interested and um, he was absolutely all in so yeah it's one thing led to another, which led to another, and and uh, it was happening. So yeah, it was a it was a cool thing to try and do, and um, I'm really glad for everyone involved that we we had a little bit of success as well. I'm interested, Hodgie, in what Jared's take of the whole thing was because I mean, as we talked yesterday, he called the Super Bowl. So from Australian sports broadcasting point of view, it doesn't get much bigger. 
what was his take on Speedway and the show and everything around what goes into the classic? You know what, Richard? The good thing was he walked away and he loved it. Great, and uh, that's about as good as as good as we could have hoped. And the fact that his wife, Claire, who is the petrol head in the family, she was there Saturday night and she loved it and she got the full experience. And I really appreciate the guys at Premier and especially Chuck in the, um, he'll be listening, in the uh, push truck who gave them all um, a couple of great experiences. And he made sure he pushed off James um, while they were in the in the truck with him. So that oh. was really cool for them. But, but Jared had the, the great experience that, you know, he stood in the infield for, for the classic final and he just is a sports fan like all of us. And and I'd sort of sold it to him pretty hard that this is this is sheep stations and there's no better thing than any sport anywhere in the world when it's sheep stations up for grabs. And that's what the classic is. It's one of the few motorsport events, I reckon, guys, where you'd rather crash to try and win it rather than finish second. And yeah. that's probably up there with the, the Indy 500 and the Daytona 500 this week. So um, that's the, the appeal and the lure and the magic of the classic for me um and i love the fact that he came in and he uh and i you know i won't lie i was i was a bit apologetic of what he's going to cop and um you know how many people would bombard him and talk footy with him and stuff but he took it in his stride and he had a ball so and, and he was there i mean the schedule was so long on sunday night it dragged out forever but he was there till stumps. He was there till the end. We packed the car away. We pulled the esky out and had a few beers. And he stood around and had beers with us. Uh, he stood with the fans and had photos taken. Like, he he loved it. So um, that's really cool. And then, you know, I, I did laugh that, yes, so you're right, Richard, that he was at the Super Bowl. And his first cross into the, the breakfast show, they talked to him about, the Sydney test and premier speedway and then being in Phoenix, Arizona, like it was almost, it was almost part of the conversation, which I love that where speedway is, has come over this, this experience that we wanted to bring more exposure to the sport. And I, I think we've managed to do that. It was sort of everywhere for a while there, which was mm. kind of cool. I know, it, I know it ticked a few people off in the sport that one car got so much coverage, but I, I kind of loved, loved it. We, we threw everything at trying to make it a, a huge success. And I, I think we sort of, achieved a lot of that well on that hodgie some big picture stuff and and your point about you guys raising the bar is accurate because you did that from a team point of view and and no speedway team has got that level of coverage for years and years and years and years and then over in the west our colleague dean neal's been doing great things with speedway over there and uh tv on the seven network which is amazing for sprint car racing and and trying to raise the bar and and lift it up and give the sport its big bash moment and we saw sold out crowds at at premier there were ten thousand at the australian sprint car title on saturday night like the there was one nbl game i think that got a bigger attendance in australian sport last weekend than speedway so what what does the sport need to do and how does it and we could talk about this for hours i know how does it move forward how does it capture some of this momentum, some of this attendance, some of this interest and and build itself into something bigger than what it is because it should dominate the summer of sport for what it is because it draws the people. There, There is genuine interest there. So where, where does it go to go to that next level? How do we step it yeah. up? I don't know. I don't know, Richard, and it's hard because sometimes the people – and I don't want to speak out of school, but sometimes the people inside the sport are some of the ones who aren't actually helping the sport, mm. which um, you did, I did, you know, you come across that um, you think, man, if can you please make this a bit easier for us right now? Um, so we had plenty of those moments, but just Speedway, it's riding an absolute high at the moment, guys, like even just classic week. So Wednesday night at, at Avalon Raceway, they've never had more people there. And, and so it was a sellout crowd. They sold every food and drink in the joint so it, it was enormous that the president's cup then thursday night was the biggest crowd in borderline raceway history for the king's challenge and um, james completely dominated that night so you know what a thrill that was to to win a big time event like the king's challenge was awesome and it was awesome to see the joint bursting so it would have been ten thousand people so twenty thousand people across wednesday and thursday night and yes they got lucky with australia day landing where it was and, and then the three nights of the classic would have been twelve to 15,000 people there on each of the nights. And Friday night's crowd was like a Sunday night crowd. And then the Saturday and Sunday were sold out. So there would have been the best part of 
I don't know, 30 to 35,000 people probably there across the three nights at Premier mm. Speedway in Warrnambool. Right. So what's that? It's over 50, 55,000 people at the Speedway for a week was was awesome. And then, yeah, you're right with what Perth is doing. And I, I commend Dean. Like, he's working his backside off. And, you know, he's putting in a lot of his own money to make sure the presentation and um, the telecast is as, is as good as it possibly can be. So credit to, to him. He gets it. I love that the Motorplex gets it and everything they tried to do is to sell a sport to the widest possible crowd and audience they can. But yeah, I know the clay per view is a bugbear of yours, Richard. And, you know, look, I, I paid for it on Saturday night. It was over 40 bucks. Like that's yeah. really hard for Speedway fans, especially like Classic Week. You know, they're dishing out 30 Wednesday night, $30 Thursday night, $30 Friday night, $30 Saturday night. And I think it was bumped up to about 40 on the Sunday night. So that's a lot of money to be paying just to sitting at home watching. So yeah, it is a frustration that the sport has. Um, I, I think the biggest issue sprint car racing has is the fact that the world series has been uh, dormant for three years now. So a couple of years with COVID and then I, I don't know why it didn't return this year. And then for COVID still to get blamed, I sort of think is a bit lazy. Um, so yeah, I think they need world series back, which was the traveling circus when they, get a bunch of contracted drivers and travel the country and, and you get the best of the best for everyone to see. And they normally, you know, perform to sell out shows right across and they run for, you know, minimum 10,000 to the winner every one of their nights. So um, I, I would love firstly for that to come back or a big national series. And then you always know that classic week is going to be enormous. Um, you, you know, the Aussie title, which is in Warnable the week after the classic next week, next year. So that's going to be some sort of festival of, of spring car racing for two weeks. Uh, and you know, the, the, the big show in Toowoomba they had the week before the classic was massive and paid big bucks. Um, and, and then Sydney's going to have a big, big two weeks as well next year as well. So yeah, it's, um, I think it's going in a great direction. I don't want to be negative about it. Um, so yeah, I sort of, I hope the fact, I hope we've been able to help. And spread a bit more exposure um hopefully bring a few more more eyeballs to the sport and um you know help the brand of james mcfadden like he is he's a guy who talking about jared richard like he um jared was blown away with how good james mcfadden was with you know media mm. with with sponsors with he um with the fans like the fact that he stood around like he was flat as attack and he, you know it was an unfortunate mistake that he made in the classic final and he was bummed like anything, but he stuck around and he had a beer with us and he signed autographs for, you know, the best part of an hour and a half after that event. So like he, he's awesome for the sport. The sport is lucky to have James McFadden with what he's doing across in America, the only full-time Aussie on the world of outlaws tour. And uh, yeah, we we're really bloody lucky that he said yes to driving for us because he's an absolute weapon. Hodgie, is it a one-off or is it something you'll look at doing again next year? Um, sorry, I probably waffled a bit there. Um, no, not at all. Uh, I don't know. I don't know, Tone. Um, we were always, you know, targeting the 50th classic. That's the one we sort of thought a few years ago would be the, the best one to have a crack at. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm wary of not wanting to chase it every single year in case we don't go particularly well or we don't get any closer or we go even worse. So, um, but, you know, James loved the experience. He, uh, you know, normally he comes home, guys, and races 30 or 40 times, but that just got too much for him after running the best part of 90 shows in America. So, you know, he wanted to come home and run a handful of events to make sure he was on the pace for a crack at the Classic, and we were offering a chance to come home and run a handful of events and have a real serious crack at the Classic. So that's why he was so interested in this uh, campaign. Um, so it probably depends on how he goes over in the States this year, whether he commits, but um, he loved everything about it. So, you know, I hope, I hope if we did do it, he'd be, you know, we'd, we'd obviously want him to be the driver. Otherwise we wouldn't bother because, you know, he, we know with him, we've got the, the best guy out there. Tim, as an overland, what was the biggest surprise out of the whole experience? Uh, probably just the leap of faith. Every time you push the car off, which you don't realize, like for us sitting on the media side of the fence, um, and, you know, back in the day when you went to the Classic and all you wanted was a bit of carnage <laughs> and you loved it. And then you thought, oh, some poor bugger's got to pay for that. And that was going to be me if it was car five that went over. So, um, 
Yeah, the trepidation, the anxiety probably was um, at an all-time high tone. And um, it's an expensive caper, like you guys know, mm. and all your listeners would know that motorsport is expensive. There were moments where you felt a bit like, remember the Married with Children, Al Bundy in that opening scene where he's just handing out money to everyone, yep. including the dog. Like I, I did feel like that at times, Tone, that, um, yeah, I have to pay plenty of people and to keep everything, everyone happy and moving along. Um, but the fact that we didn't lose money in the end was uh, awesome. We didn't have to tap into our crash budget, which was even more awesome. Um, so, yeah, I think it was, a, 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 you know, yeah, I, I still think it was a great success to, to win, you know, to win on Classic Weekend with the Night 2 title, to win the, the Thursday Night Kings Challenge, uh, to win on the December 30, the Speed Week round uh, at Avalon Raceway was, um, you know, we had some great success, some great times. Um, James was always big on when you win, you have, uh, you don't call it beer, winning beers, you have winner's piss. So we had a few, few beers, <laughs> which was great, and we loved it. Um, and, um, yeah, uh, if that's it, then what a ride we had. But if we go again, that would be also bloody awesome. Fantastic, mate. Of course, uh, one of our co-hosts on the program also, Mark Walker, who you know well, has uh, just joined us for the end of this. He's jumped in, and he's uh, wearing a very special shirt there as well. I'm sure you can see it. Oh, look at that. Look, look at that. Motorsport, number oh. five. You, you know, you could go and buy that J-Mac merch, but who wants it, really? I mean, you want the <laughs> you want the stuff that the people want. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Mark, you, you know I'm a big fan of you. you. You've never looked better, I'll be honest with you. Can, can I just say, and I feel like a total wanker, um, that there was merchandise with my name on the chest, but um, we had, we made a bunch of gear, um, or James got the gear made, from Casey Kane, uh, who is old boss over in America, who runs a, a merchandise company, and they made all the Napa Car 5 gear, and he bought all his American gear out. And like, he's an enormously popular driver, and it all it all went. And obviously, there's never been – I don't think there's been a team that's had more publicity um, leading into a, a summer of sprint car racing. So it, it was gone by Jan 2, and um, we sort of thought – God, what are we going to do here for Classic Week when all of our merch is just about gone? And and we made a bunch of the Hodges Motorsport. There were seven T-shirts and seven hoodies we got made just so the crew looked a bit different. <laughs> and he was like, can I rip that off and, and make that? And I said, yeah, go for it. But I wasn't anticipating sort of 300 T-shirts and hoodies walking around <laughs> Melbourne, uh, walking around Warnable in uh, Monaghan's Pharmacy. I walked in to get some toothpaste one day and I was like, oh, God, someone's wearing my T-shirt. That's <laughs> like... What what sort of a wanker am I? So um, no, yeah, that's, that's great. Uh, I appreciate everyone putting their hand in their pocket to buy Hodges Motorsport gear, but uh, especially you, Mark, you look awesome, and, and the gear looks awesome too, doesn't it? it looks fantastic, but um, uh, yeah, it's it's probably a bit off putting. That certainly wasn't why I got got into doing this, but <laughs> um, uh, yeah, what a yeah. And then I got photos of mates who are in Port Ferry, and you know, what the hell is going on? Why are these people wearing wearing t-shirts with your name on it? It's like, oh god, this is getting too big on us. Mega, that's yeah. great, mate. Uh, well done. Good on you, mate. We really appreciate you coming on, and having a chat to us about the experience. We're really proud of uh, what you've achieved over the last three months. Uh, we all know you really well, mate. And uh, to see one of our friends do well and give it an actual crack is something that we're all pretty proud of. So well done, buddy, and. Uh, Good luck through the footy season, mate. It starts to get uh, busy in the next week or two. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, when Daytona 500 comes around and then the first round of the V8s, that footy's not far away. So, yeah, it's starting to gear up. But, uh, yeah, look, make a pack, boys, if, um, and especially you, Crail, if we're running Car 5 next year, you all have to be at Premier Speedway, please, Australia Day weekend. No, I promise you, we'll be there. Locked in. Done. Done. <laughs> Very good. Get on you, Tim. Thanks for your time. I'd appreciate it. No worries. Thanks. Good to talk, guys. Tim Hodges joining us here on The Grid. There's more great motorsport stories coming next on The Grid. All right, part two of the program. Mark Walker joins us for proper now, I suppose. Hello, Mark. <laughs> Hello, Tony. Hello, Richard. Hello. Yeah, it was good to see you. Uh, I definitely did make the uh, trek out to Avalon Raceway to see the number five Napa Auto Parts sprint car in action there on President's Cup night. And uh, yeah, heck of a show. Heck of a show. Yeah, Jude's art topped a little bit of a bad rap, hasn't it? Speedway in the last week or so. Well, it well, yeah, there's an unfortunate uh, incident at one goat track in the middle of nowhere. But look, it, it's um, I, I I've had a bit of a bee in my bonnet over summer about 
sprint cars in particular, Shebex, and, and wrote a bit about it on, on TRT and um, posted a bit about it online and, and, and both through the efforts of, of friends of, of mine, of ours in the industry, like Hodgie and like Dean Neal, who we mentioned over in Perth, who are actively trying to raise the profile of one of the great secrets in Australian sport, in my opinion. And there was a night where uh, I, I, I looked at some attendance and I think it was the Mount Gambier night that Hodgie was referring to. And there were there were two A-League games and three NBL games. And the second most attended one of the lot was sprint cars. So it, it puts it into context into how powerful it could be. And, and last weekend they announced, I think it was 9,350 people at, at Quit Motorplex at Quinana. Uh, the motorplex in Perth for the Australian Championship. Uh, so 10,000 people at Speedway, which is an NBL crowd. It's an a, it's bigger than most A-League crowds at the moment, which are terrible. And that's not just me before you get on your <laughs> soccer hatred. That, that is fact. It's all right. It's not opinion. It. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's bigger than some BBL crowds over the summer. So it, it's this sleeping giant with this massive potential audience. But because it's, 57 different promoters and different series and different things going on. There's no unified approach. It needs a, a Tony Cochran to come in, grab it by the, you know, what's and wrestle this sport into the future. And, and Hodgie shown what having higher profile people involved can bring to it. And Dean over in Perth has shown what as a presentation, as a product it can be because channel seven got behind it. And, and they played it live or as live on on seven plus and and taking that from plus into broadcast tv is easy because it's exactly the same product so there, there's so much potential there and it drives me mad that it's not bigger than it is because i think it deserves to be it, it mm. could be one of the big summer sports done right packaged right and whether that's a world series sprint cars or a new series that comes along with a promoter that's willing to to get out but yeah, it, it's um, you know, it, it it's like supercars in 1996 before TC came along. We'd get great crowds. You get a great crowd at Winton and a great crowd at Malala and a great crowd at Sandown and a great crowd at Bathurst. But there were different TV deals and it wasn't unified. Um, and there wasn't one solid promotion behind the whole lot of it. So, yeah, it, it's got so much promise. Speedway and sprint car racing in particular, because as you know, Mark, when you get there and you see it live, it blows your bloody doors off because it is spectacular. I really swung into the whole summer of Speedway thing. I went to a heap, went out to Druin. In fact, I think I'm going to Druin again this weekend. Uh, Niora out to Rosedale. Um, those country tracks out my side of Melbourne. Yeah. Druin and Niora about half an hour away down the end of a, a lovely country drive. You get there, the food's cheap, the food's good great spectating, good shows, you know, it might not necessarily be sprint cars, but whatever they serve up, like some of the best racing I saw all summer were the junior sedans, mm -hmm. which were absolutely mint. It was like Formula V except full contact. It was sensational. Um, the most disappointing thing of the whole, the whole summer, unfortunately, was probably when I went to Avalon to watch the President's Cup. Like the racing itself was awesome. The track was awesome. It was the sprint car side of things was unreal, but the Avalon side of things, what an utter garbage dump. Like, mm. you know, from these country club tracks, you kind of expect, you're not expecting plushness, you know, you, you're just expecting to lob up there on your, on your seat and, you know, you, you're out in the country and you're having a good time. But uh, the whole Avalon thing, it, it really put a sour taste in my mouth about that. You know, Hodgie mentioned that the food sold out. There wasn't a lot of food to go around in the first place. And the choice was soggy chips and cold pies. And that was at 4.30 in the afternoon. You know, it never got any better than that. The, so as, the actual Avalon Canteen is run by the local baseball club. Yeah, well, that's not great for them. Mm. They didn't hit a home run that night. Uh, they, no, did not. they didn't, Richard. But like the, the regulars there, they know to lob up at the gate with a pizza they brought from home. They know that they should bring a... 20 meter roll of fly screen so they can but, but tarp all, themselves off <laughs> all that changes with with more investment in the sport doesn't it so if, if you can raise the profile of the sport you can go and get a sponsor for your venue to tip some cash into that like like these football stadiums have got the multi-million dollar deals to whack a brand like gmhba stadium down in geelong or um whatever it might be 
So, but if you've got eyeballs on your sport, you can sell that stuff. But right now, you're selling to something that's anonymous aside from when 10,000 people rock up. And that that also blows my mind. It's like you've got 10,000 people coming through your gate. How can you not be commercializing mm. this properly? And I, I think part of the, the business model of Speedway is flawed in that it's all geared towards the back, back gate and it's geared towards prize money and the tracks survive by selling attendance and they don't survive by marketing. It, it's about the, the punters that come through the gate week in week out that pay for everything to happen so the model in itself is is challenging in that respect so if you can find some more revenue streams by a, a profile by a broadcast and it might take five years but but there are networks that pay an enormous amount of money for broadcast live broadcast sport in this country that do not rate in, in, mm. and what about summertime well that too Absolutely yeah well that's what i'm talking about content. exactly yeah. so you know a, a, an NBL game, and I'm not. I, I like the NBL. I've been to 36s games, and they're great. And the NBL is doing a really good job at the moment, building their profile, and their crowds are great. But they're lucky if they get 30,000 people watch a game on Fox or 10, or, or it's broadcast on 10, isn't it, or nine? Anyway, that I, uh, I don't know. That's part of the problem. Um, <laughs> if you couldn't get that many to watch a sprint car race, I'd be very, very surprised. And if, if there's a thousand people every night willing to spend $35 on a pay-per-view, um, a free broadcast would be in, in, inordinately bigger than that. And, and if you go to seven plus when they do their as live show, so the day after, mm. um, and you watch like the most, the trending shows on the seven plus app, the Speedway is always there. So clearly people are watching it on seven plus. So there's so much potential there to build that. And that will have flow-on effects to the whole sport if it's done properly. You know, the thing with Avalon that night, 10,000 punters there paying 35, 40 bucks a head to get into the joint. Someone's clearly pocketing some coin out of the whole situation. And you could see that there has been an effort to put in. Mm. What it was was nice concrete ramps for the drivers to go up there. Nice infield for the, the crews. It was whatever investment's been pumped in there in the last however many years. It's been angled at getting those competitors there. Who, who are the ones that are selling the tickets. It's not necessarily mm. anything else, but there are good speedways around. You look at what yeah. Sydney's got out at Eastern Creek. You look at Perth. Perth's unbelievably good speedway. Yeah. You know, you hope like hell something happens in Brisbane because, you know, Archerfield's just been sitting there to rot away for the past 20 years while they've been waiting to close it down. Finally, they've pulled a pin on it and they've got to find another solution for, mm. for Queensland because Toowoomba is a bit of a hard sell if you're trying to get people to go all the way up the range to watch sprint cars. So hopefully whatever happens in, in Southeast Queensland, they can get their act together and get it together pretty quick. And frankly, I hope Melbourne gets something a bit nicer too, because uh, it'd be huge if they could put on a really nice facility down here. I'm sure that you wouldn't necessarily need sprint cars every weekend to pack it out. And and as much Shebex as we need these tracks to be successful. Do, do you know Speedway, do you know what it should be aiming at? It, mm -hmm. it should be aiming at a temporary track in Marvel Stadium in front of 30,000 yeah, people sure. with the roof. It, but it's got that potential. It, it's seriously got that promise about it as a show to give three or four hours of entertainment on a Saturday night under lights where you pay 30 bucks to go in and then you pay 30 bucks for food or whatever it might be. It's the only form of motorsport that can deliver that right now. And the Supercross gets that, don't they? They get yeah, 25 well, yeah, to 30. It's exactly right. Look, they, they sell out uh, the, the closed stadium. I, I don't recall what the current sponsor of it is. It used to be Vodafone arena at Homebush there. Um, they sell that out two nights in a row for their Supercross thing. And this is why the world Supercross stuff, has got Tony Cochran behind it now because it's mm. he sees the potential in that and and sprint car racing, in a in a car racing point of view is the only way you could possibly do that. So I hope it grows, Shebex, and and it's going to take people like Hodgie, people like Dino over in the West, um, and, and others that are putting massive effort into Speedway in this country, um, to continue to beaver away and and try and get a unified approach. Benny Bishop at Speedway Australia does great things and, and really tries hard to grow it. So full credit to those guys. Um, hopefully it, it builds and we can talk more about how good sprint cars are on, on this show. And it might even increase the value of my unopened bottles of uh, the methanol stuff. What? what? The way it, the way it 
Uh, uh, Methanol Moonshine. Yes, yeah, Methanol well, Moonshine. See, there's another one who bends over backwards to promote the sport of Speedway and never seems to get the return he deserves out of it. The list goes on. Mm, exactly. Uh, Supercars, boys, it's been a very interesting week. We've seen some very exciting liveries pop out. We've seen probably a couple that maybe just didn't really take the brief of this is a whole new concept, <laughs> Gen 3. So let's try and do something new. Yes. <laughs> it's what do, what do you think of the cars, boys? What do you think of the looks of the cars? Because I think the Mustang's still got to grow on me, that new spec on my Mustang lover, but I think I prefer the old shape over the new shape. It's still you know, got to grow on me. The funny thing for mine is that in its raw carbon form, I love the Camaro. Mm. But none of the Camaros so far have floated my boat and I've I've leaned towards the Mustang from an, a purely aesthetic point of view so far. Uh the the WAU cars look horn. But they are that's a really good job. I think these liveries I think the brief for Gen 3 liveries is less is more. Yep. Mm. And some teams did not get that brief. Well, you look at Tom Randall's thing. I think that looks mint. That's and yep, that's yeah. exact case of less is more because they tried to throw the whole pizza box at it last year and it just sort of sprayed all over the joint uh, pizza boxes i don't mind maca jones pizza hut car that's yeah. that simplicity it's just the branding on the side of it um I, I think that works well i reckon per dog's probably a little bit ahead of uh chaz's the the light blue on the optus sort of there's not enough contrast there with the white in the background you want sort of a, a big contrast behind between your colors if you're going light on dark or dark on light sort of thing i don't know if that'll mm. entirely work um Bryce Fullwood. <laughs> they didn't read the power rankings last year, no, did they? No, they, they were not treated favourably. And uh, let's be honest, unlikely to be again. Uh, there's there's a lot there's a it's lot going on there. It's d- disappointing that uh, Red Bull Ampole won't keep their testing scheme, isn't it? Mm, yeah, that, that hits nicely, that livery. The, the, the MSR cars, the Camaros, I, I don't mind the Matt Stone cars, but I... Their their issue is that they're, ironically they've got too many sponsors on the car, so that they but they can't afford to go the the DJR route of no we're going to be a little bit picky about what logos we put and how big they are, but the the orange and black base pops really well. Don't mind nice. that. Um, yeah, pretty pretty solid. Uh, looking forward to seeing what Tickford do with their um their main cars. They they rolled their car out for a shakedown in that. Black Carbon, if they try and do anything more with Cam Waters' car than pure Black Carbon as it is right now, but whack some big green M's on it, it's wasted. You can't do it, unfortunately, because you've got to have some sort of wrap there because oh, or else clear, they just scuff up. Matte, and Matt clear wrap over the top of the carbon. <laughs> I don't know if that's a thing. It is. 100% <laughs> it's the thing. I'm going to run one of my cars up in my shed. You can absolutely do that. Leave Cam Waters cart, whack some big green M's on it. Do not touch it. It looks, it is the meanest looking race car mm. around. Because that's what most of the panel beating is these days. They don't do anything. They don't replace the panels. Just whack another sticker over the top yeah. of it and uh, deal with it on Monday. Correct. Absolutely. Which is great. Uh, so yeah, some is- more to come. Uh, we don't know what Premiere are going to offer up from uh, a livery point of view. And I bet you by the time this podcast goes live, they've just unveiled them. <laughs> so looking forward to not seeing those. Um, the, the Shell V-Power cars look great, I think. Um, it's the same. It's, it's just same. the same. That's, that's the problem with it, is they look really nice, but it's it's been done now. I, I think we're all ready for a change. Since our last podcast, the formats for all of Supercars 2023 races have been unveiled. Uh, thoughts? Uh, there's not a massive amount of revolution, is there? No. Uh, I, I, I'm happy that the qualifying races have gone for Sandown. I'm, I'm pleased that's gone back to a little bit more of a traditional sort of shootout into race format for the 500 coming back, which is good. And though those qualifying races, yeah, as we saw with 12-hour qualifying, every time you have to aggregate something to generate a grid is hard work. So uh, I, I don't mind that. Extra track time is probably a good thing at this current juncture of the sports history, isn't it? I think. Yeah. Shootout coming back for Sandown. I think that's not a bad thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I kind of like the old co-driver race. Yeah. Because it would be it'd be reasonably sedate, and then the main drivers would go out there and bin it. It felt like needless peril. But it's just something on the Saturday. Like yeah, a shootout around Sandown 
It's yeah, a well, no, it's I'm over like, in I'm going to the pub. And there's shootouts are good at places where there's consequences. Shootouts don't work at a wide open place like Sandown. Hang on. Hang on. Yeah, but Sandown. <laughs> no, no, but the, the consequences. <laughs> The consequences at Sandown are when someone puts you in the fence. Someone's going to bury it on a shootout lap at turn eight. No, no, I don't mind that. And, and look, it's part of the 500 tradition. It was back in the day anyway. But yeah, look, I don't know. I don't mind that. I, I, I think those endurance weekends should build and build and build and build and build until you get to that, that big 500k race should be the start that everyone looks forward to. There's a lot of 100k races. Yeah, oh, look, the, the sprint format, and and until we know, I, I don't mind them not throwing the book at the format thing yet until we know how these cars race and what they like. So let's run them with what we know from a, a format point of view, understand how the cars are going to behave, understand tyre wear, things like that, and then start tweaking race formats down the road. But I, I think we know what we've got now, don't we? Like we go to, mm. we go to Townsville, we know we get... Two two fifty k races, Adelaide, Newcastle, those Gold Coast, um, Bathurst is a thousand, obviously Sandown's a five hundred, and the rest are sprint races. I, I I think it, I think it's fairly sensible. Bathurst over a thousand k's. What were they thinking? Who would have thought? Isn't know, Bathurst right? over twelve hours? Uh, it's over two thousand k Shebex now. Two thousand k's Shebex and Correct. six. Mm. How would you be writing an article about the fact that you're going to have a two thousand k race at Bathurst, and then you actually? Get one. I know, right? How do you feel about that, mm. Richard? Yeah. Yeah, pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Any? Uh, can we take anything from what we've seen of these uh, shakedowns and single tests that these cars are done, or are we going to get? A, are we going to learn a lot more once we see them all get together at Eastern Creek? No, the the Sydney test is when we're not. We're going to know. We, but you don't, though. We Everyone don't goes in with their own program Correct. and what they're doing. You know, Red Bull probably be last at Sydney, but they'll be running race stints all day long and it won't be reflective on the timesheets. Yeah. Having said that, I, I think they'll need to get, they'll need to get some representative lap time out of that just because their running's been so limited and will continue to be. Yeah. I, I think this, this Sydney test will be more meaningful than previous Sydney tests in terms of a form guide. But, you know, so much of it too is going to be, just finding out what doesn't work on the cars. You know, you go in there with a big shopping list of things to check off during the days. It was actually notable there with that shakedown test that the Red Bull Ampole guys had, that they were doing things like pit stops and running close together and doing all these things that doesn't seem anybody else has really clued onto yet, which is uh, probably reasonably clever because there's a lot of things changed. You know, you mm. look at the pit stops, the, the wheel nuts are all different. Like it's a completely different wheel and wheel nut thing. So that's going to be different for those guys in the pit stops where the fuel filler is, is different compared to the old cars. So there's going to be a lot of um, little functionality things that they've got to just work through in these uh, test days so that they're, they're ready to roll. You know, you always used to see it on the pre Bathurst test day that they'd always spend the afternoon just doing brake pad changes and getting those systems and all the checks in place. So, you know, the, the good teams won't be just pounding around laps. They'll be getting all the little like ancillary things like just turning a car around between sessions, you know, like the things that need to be done. It's no point lobbing up to Newcastle and, you know, you've got X number of minutes between practice and qualifying. you got to know that you can get all your little checklists done before you, you try and do that on a race weekend. Yeah, you certainly do. Uh, before we get a bit of a preview of the Daytona 500 from you, Mark, Daniel Ricciardo looks like he's living his best life at the moment, isn't he, without driving? When's he oh, not? Yeah, I feel like he's been living his best life for most of the he last probably has. He probably has. <laughs> no, it's good. Yeah, gets around to the States and drives a supercar over there. And, hmm. Yeah. Hmm. I, 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 I struggle with... Yeah, that was nice. I, I struggle with the Aussie media... <laughs> So oh, now Red Bull's a Ford-powered Formula One team that that just brings Dan closer to supercars. It's like, doesn't really like doesn't yeah. change anything. <laughs> but anyway, good good clicks, good clicks. Does that mean we're getting a V eight back into Formula One? No, but oh, Ford are. But, but I mean, Dan's just going to line up in that Red Bull Ford, isn't he? I mean, that's just the sensible thing that's going to yeah, happen yeah, at, at Bathurst. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yep. Nice. <laughs> nice. Very nice. <laughs> Big uh, big weekend to kick off the NASCAR season. Yeah, that's right. 
Does Super it kick Bowl, off the, the next car season, or has that already kicked off? Well, it's already kicked off, but uh, now they kind of get serious with a race that absolutely anybody can win. Um, it's probably more interested in the preliminaries this year because there's a fair few uh, go or go homers lining up in the 125k races. You know, you look at Jimmy Johnson; he's not locked in in the number 84. He's now a co-owner in the team that was Richard Petty Motorsport, um, so he's he's got to have a good, good uh, lead up. Uh, Travis Pastrana's in that mix, and there's a fair few other young guns that uh, are in that basket that uh, aren't necessarily locked into the race. So nothing's a given there. So we might see old seven time in the first outing for the Legacy Motor Club uh, not quite make the race. But uh, what happens on race weekend? Who knows? It's uh, a great weekend. Richard, we were there in 2018. Five years ago now. Is it? Seems like, seems like 15. Five years. It's ridiculous. Right. But, uh, yeah, what an event. Uh, such a good thing. Yeah, would go again. Highly recommended. Ten stars. Recommend the beer. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> TGI Fridays in Orlando goes to right as well. Right. <laughs> Any uh, IndyCar news coming out? They've started testing there. No, they, they're, they're spring training uh, in Florida. Uh, no, in California, actually. And uh, our boys were pretty quick. Scotty was in the in the mix, so too Will Power. Um, so very little to report there. They don't start for they're four weeks away, I think, from St. Pete, the opening round of the championship, which is going to be good. Uh, also worth noting, uh, our mates at McElroy Racing have started testing over there in Crow Cup, oh, North nice. America. Good. So uh, young Tommy Sargent will be flying the flag and, and cool to see an Aussie team doing things in one mate Porsche racing here. And yeah, as we count down to next week, Race Tasmania, the start of the Speed Series calendar this year, which will be good. There's some good driver announcements coming out for all categories. In fact, Trans Am will deep dive into next week because that's looking proper yeah. spice, uh, which is going to be kind of cool. So, um, yeah, and some good names coming to S5000 as well. Good. Fantastic. Um, big big weekend Sandown this weekend. Uh, the Vic State, State mm. kicks mm. off. That's always huge. And that's uh, free and live through Blendline. But uh, I saw Thomas Randall on the entry list there in the yes. family Saab Sports Stand. That's a good good little get. Going the route of uh, extra race miles, which is uh, nice. I think there's about 25 Formula Fords, really good fields, 54 Hyundai XLs. So even if you just tune in for that, that's worth the price of admission alone. 54 Hyundai XLs, that's a small field, isn't it? Well, that's a fair few. The grid will be back scary. to the bridge. That's scary. Oh, no, thank you. That's <laughs> uh, Hots and knots, my hot to kick it off. She uh, was the Williams livery in Formula One. Absolutely looks beautiful. Mm. So far, from what I've seen of F1 liveries, that's the one that's grabbed me. Mm. Okay. Is the car, car going to go any good? Probably not, no. but the livery looks bloody grouse. Oh, you'll be able to see it. It'll be moving slowly, so that's nice. <laughs> No TV time, mate. <laughs> my hot is, uh, hey, my boy Alex Albon, he will just roll another zero-stop strategy like he did at uh, Albert Park last year, and away he goes. Uh, my hot is the post-event contact uh, content that is being continually pumped out from Bathurst 12 Hour. No, I haven't moved on yet. Um, the Intercontinental GT Challenge video was amazing. Uh, there's a Mercedes video that's going to drop soon that is epic. Um, and there's more to come. So uh, I love that. Mercedes didn't really have much of a story to tell. No, weekend, no, not at all. No, very, very quiet weekend <laughs> for the three-pointed uh, star. So, no, it was great. It was, uh, there, there's really good content still going out and people are still talking about it, which makes me very happy. Do we know who's driving the Red Bull up in the country, town? Richard oh, knows, doesn't he? Was, Look at him. I, I've signed paperwork. <laughs> there's NDAs around that. Damn. Yeah. like, Red Bull have got snipers everywhere. Uh, that story checks out. Uh, knots? Uh, I haven't had a hot yet. Oh, sorry. Um, my well, wet the knot. <laughs> Jumping the <laughs> <your> gun. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I'm just going to lock in my weekend. I spent Friday banging up uh, Mount Buller and Tiger High mm. Country with, with uh, Glen Ridge. Oh, good. With Glen Ridge. There's a story to come from that. Cool. Good oh, grief. That was, good that was the best ride in a motorsport car I've ever had. That was absolutely insane. I got home, my next door neighbor's a bit of a road ahead. And I said, oh, you won't believe Sorry. what I did. I, uh, no, nah, it's fine. I'm, I'm on board. Um, 
you won't believe what I did Friday. I spent uh, the day banging around an RX-7 SP. He's gone, oh, you know Glenn Ridge owns one of them? As well, <laughs> well as a matter of fact, you <laughs> <laughs> name dropper. But uh, then this is how badly organized my life is. I spent Sunday in a co-driver, uh, rally co-driver school. Mm. So, I mean, probably would have been handy. Bass backwards there, yeah. Probably would have been, yeah, useful to have that before. We did the whole target mm. thing, but uh, interesting little world there at the moment. Uh, if you like motorsport politics, go and check that out because mm. uh, Targa has a fair bit going on. Pass, can imagine. Uh, not for me is I think I said it before. Just that some of the supercar teams just haven't taken the initiative to read the brief of what Gen Three is all about: new cars, new look, new everything. And they just yeah, haven't taken it to that nth degree. Unless we're going to see new liveries come out before Newcastle. And these are just like, this is what they just had wraps in the bottom cupboard or something. I don't know. Mm. Interesting. Don't know. Mm. Mm. Uh, I actually, I don't really have a knot. My knot is that it's not the Bathurst 12 hour again. Oh, here we go. Uh, <laughs> I haven't he, moved on. Seriously. No, but you can only on. you can only stay with it until the next thing. And the next thing's next weekend. So yeah. I expect by next weekend you've yeah. moved on. But if I if I, my knot is that the Australian Spring Car Championship didn't get much PR outside of where it was run. So, you know, that that seems like a fairly major title, but very little love given elsewhere I, I did note crush gave it some love on speed cafe which was great yep. so well done brett um but it should be bigger than that so if i had to pick it one it's that but really i haven't moved on from bathurst yet um in its own right uh my not for the week is all the wasted sooking about gen 3 over the last few years oh it won't be ready oh this oh that oh the amount of sooking there has been over the years mm. you know what it's actually pretty awesome who gives yep. a stuff get over it lads Let's yeah. go racing. Yeah. We will be in a couple of weeks' time. There's no doubt about it. I think we're only, what, three weeks away now, are we? Or... Newcastle. Yes, it's going to be large. Bring it on. Boys, always great to catch up. We'll do it again next week. And I'll tell you what, folks, tune in next week because we, for people that are living in Melbourne, we'll hopefully be announcing a live on the grid podcast broadcast recording, yeah. recording of a live show in two weeks' time. We're yeah, not sure right. where it's happening yet. We're working on a few things. Can't disclose anything yet. We might all this... be backed up in Mark Walker's backyard, but that would be okay as well. <laughs> Fine. It, so that's well, convenient for me. I'm on board, actually. Like, if, let's lock that in now. If you're still listening 60 minutes into the show, uh, th this is beers on TRT coming back is what we're saying yeah. right here. So watch this space yeah we don't no promise anything we cured covid covid solved we Correct. can do beers now yeah surely exactly. we can get our good friends at reckless brewing to send us down a couple of slabs for the i've people. got a i've got a slabbing coming this week <laughs> beautiful uh catch you next week bye bye enjoy it boys and enjoy your week too thanks for joining us right here on the grid